Big Cock Brock, Mr. Brock Purdy himself, has been cleared of full participation for training camp. Like John Lynch said, it's his team. Is he the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, to start the season, I 100% see Brock Purdy starting. When if Brock Purdy starts losing three, four games in a row, I think they're definitely going to look at Trey Lance. I'm still behind Trey Lance. All about the Balls Podcast! With Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday, July 25th edition of All About the Balls Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. It's training camp time, boys. We have a lot to talk about. I'm joined alongside my two brothers, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule. I can't tell if that is Chris Kameinhart because I don't see a beard. So with that, Chris, I'm assuming work is uh, in full force now, huh? Work is in full force. Went back Monday, had to, had to clean the beard up. I cried a little bit on Sunday night. But uh, work's been going pretty good, slowly getting the hang of it, earning that Heck paycheck. Yeah. Heck yeah, I know it's busy hours out there for you and going back the first two days. So I barely barely made it on the podcast tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pushing time there. Luke, how are you doing tonight as you prepare to take your little month training uh, break in a couple weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's just that miserable couple weeks right before going to the field. So everything that didn't happen in all your planning beforehand just – Happens this last week, so it's uh, been some long days getting ready to push out next week. Heck yeah, man. We wish you uh, safe travels. We'll wish that to you actually on Friday when we record. But shout out to you, Doc. I know you're with the wife's family out there in old Tennessee. Uh, Hopefully have a good trip. Hopefully you get there safe and sound. Hopefully you get back to us. Maybe take some notes. Maybe go to the Titans training camp and let us know how Derrick Henry and the new DeAndre, the new wide receiver out to DeAndre Hopkins is doing. But like I said, boys, Training camp ramped up. We had some teams that reported Sunday. I believe all our teams are there now. The Falcons reported today. And we had some big signings with money-wise. We had some injuries that are popping up, which were, you know, something we're going to keep an eye on. I know, I don't know about you boys, but every time I see my phone light up with news, I'm a little nervous that someone tore an ACL on the Falcons. I don't know about the Saints and Ravens, but that's how I feel every single time I see it. Speaking of ACLs and Ravens. There's Ravens running backs. No, our – Ravens All Pro long snapper, you know, RP towards ACL, but it's okay. We signed a we signed a Pro Bowl long snapper to get yeah, Tucker right. Hopefully, so. the punter and Tucker can adjust to that long snapper being yeah. hurt. Hopefully, he gets a speed recovery. I don't understand how he tore his Achilles. Anyways, all he has to do is hike hey, the ball. Right, practice is hard. Hey, hey what's hey, that he long sna- snapper he's snapping doing? The sh- snapping the shit out of that ball. He can probably still snap a ball with a torn Achilles. I don't know why he can't just play through. Well. That, they don't rush through the, the center anyways like that anymore. So, will no, this they, affect, they, run, uh, they run down a coverage though. Will this will this affect Justin Tucker's uh, draft draft position? No, I, they they got they got plenty of time to get the long snapper holder <laughs> thing figured out before week one. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, anyone that needs and a they, kicker, you can, you can still trust Justin Tucker in the twelfth or thirteenth round. So just make yeah, sure you grab that kicker. They matter too. I don't think they're bringing I, a bum I, in here to fucking <laughs> snap balls. Unless, unless you're Rizlo, hey, draft your kicker around three or four. Yeah, it's Get a steal. Get the kicker out of the job. Yeah, it's a steal, man. Especially for Tucker. I mean, 
he's a beast. But let's talk yeah. to uh, let's let's talk about real uh, people. Not sorry, Luke. Not long snappers. Let's talk about the guys that really hey, matter. Special, that we talk specialists about. Are ma- specialists matter too. They do. I mean, we we saw that stat that's been going around that the starting or the average kickers are worth more than the average running backs, but that also includes all like 100, 200 running backs compared to all 32 kickers. So, but speaking of running backs, Saquon Barkley, he found himself back in the news, boys. He did not sign his franchise tag, but they did agree on a one-year deal worth the same amount, $10.1 million. The only difference is he'll get a $2 million up front for a signing bonus, and he can get $900,000 in incentives. And those incentives are, he has to get 1,350 rushing yards, so over 1,300 yards. They have to make a playoff berth as well. He has to get 65 catches out of the backfield and 11 total touchdowns. Chris, did Saquon Barkley just spit in the face of all the running backs? He was part of that meeting as well after taking this bullshit deal that is, once again, team-friendly. I mean, I don't know if he spit in the face with them. I think at the end of the day, Barkley knew he was going to play this season. He might have sat out during training camp, but he was going to play. So going ahead, signing this contract and getting a million dollars more than what he would have got for the tag is a win for him. I think the biggest the biggest L Barkley took was not being able to negotiate that they can't tag him next year. So right now the Giants can do the same thing that they're doing this year to him next year, which I think is a giant L for Saquon. But I think at the end of the day, this is a huge W for the Giants. I mean, you're giving your star running back $1 million more than what he wanted. You're getting him into training camp. You're avoiding that long-term contract right now. You're cutting the distraction from him not being at training camp. And you also left the option open to tag him next year to redo this all over again. I I don't think he's going to get that extra million dollars, though, because I don't think the Giants will make the playoffs. I I know you're high on that, but remember, he has to get all four legs of that that deal that he or those uh incentives that he needs to get i just don't think he gets the the playoff berth um and and honestly i do think that it, it's an l for all running backs because of that franchise tag that you mentioned i think it's him having that in there just shows that the owners and the team they have so much power that the running backs aren't going to be able to do anything and one of your top running backs who's at this meeting caved after two or three days after this meeting so he didn't even last a week into training camp and after this meeting. So I just think it's a big L for all running backs out there that are trying to get paid. I mean, the running yeah, position it, is an L, so. Yeah, he probably knew he had no chips really on the table anymore. He knew what the deal was on, like what deal was on the table, and he just, he had to like eat it and just take that deal and just ride out, see if he can ball out again this year, maybe make that extra million and get his $2 million signing bonus. But he might, he almost would have been better off just signing the tag because if he would get tagged again next year, that tag's going to be even higher. So he's got the potential. If he tears his ACL or something, he's going to lose out on a lot of money for the following season. Yeah, I saw I saw a quote from uh, Rob Parker. Is his, now, is his new nickname, All Barkley, No Bite? Because, like I said, he didn't stand too true to his ground or his, his words. He was talking about holding out. He, he couldn't even last a week. That's just the thing. It's like, <laughs> like you did all this fussing and all this whining and you just don't want to stay on your ground and pull yeah. the Le'Veon Bell, Bell route? Well, you saw what happened with Bell, and Eckler ended up bailing out of it too anyways. He got his extra couple million and signed his deal. So, you know what, he added $1 million onto his deal. So it's not like it, these running backs have, like, no leg room with these uh, these franchises trying to get paid. Oh, I agree. It's a, such a bad position. Um, 
I, mean, I know Derrick Henry and guys like that got paid, but they're still not getting paid. So what, you know, running backs used to when it came to like setting the market. So it's a bad position. Like Chris was saying earlier. Well, I think, I think running backs are going to have to get used to the fact that they're not going to get these giant contracts anymore. I mean, like we've reiterated a ton of times on this podcast already is that owners, GMs and coaches see that you can draft late in the draft and still get production at the running back position. Look at Pacheco. He stepped in huge for the chiefs. He was a fourth round pick. I mean, you're getting these. He was, late a, se- round he was, a, se- he was a seventh round pick. Like last round. Yeah, last round is nuts. I mean, these guys are looking, and you can draft these guys late and still get the production. Maybe not as big as CMC, Derrick Henry, but you're still going to get that ground game. So, I mean, why why waste all this money that can go to other positions? Yeah, most most teams are running running back by committee anyways, so they try to keep fresh legs in. Like having an every down back, yeah, it's nice, but they're gonna fucking wear out throughout this whole season. You have a committee, you can all pay them the same price as one all star running back and get the same, if not more, production out of them. These running things. backs are turning into wide receivers. They're coming out of the yeah. backfield catching. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also saw a thing too where and you know your throw balls too. <laughs> your best friend, the quarterback, is also a reason why you're not getting paid because a lot of these running backs or quarterbacks can also run the ball. They start doing the read option. So you're allowing your best friend to literally take the ball from you. <laughs> like Jalen Hurts was one of the best goal line runners last year. He's a quarterback. Yep. So the Eagles are like, we're not going to pay you Miles Sanders because Jalen Hurts can just do the same thing. I mean, less of yeah. a rate that he runs it, but more production from the from yeah. him. You're starting to see a lot more mobile quarterbacks in the NFL right now too. I, looks like it's kind of like the new trend, kind of moving away from some of the professional, like pro pocket passers. So a lot of these quarterbacks can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, and that, and that might be an issue too. So the pocket QBs like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they benefited from a good running back uh, like Edgar and James, Corey Dillon for a little while, guys like that. But now, like like you like we said, mobile quarterbacks are taking away that that spotlight for those running backs to be on the team because they can just do it all. Yep, and speaking yep. of quarterback, Justin Herbert from the Los Angeles Chargers, we saw Lamar Jackson get paid. We saw Jalen Hurts get paid. Well, Justin Herbert just topped Jalen Hurts. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Just got a five-year, $262.5 million contract. It could be up worth a $218.7 million fully guaranteed, which he's probably going to get unless he gets injured, and then the numbers will go down a little bit, either 133 or 193. But 218 fully guaranteed if he, if he doesn't get hurt. That means, boys, Joe Burrow is going to be getting paid very soon. So – it, did the Bengals do the Bengals screw themselves? Did they not pay Joe Burrow fast enough? I mean, I think they did. Like the, the Bengals are going to have to top the steal now, and probably just more than just a little bit too. I mean, Herbert, yeah, he's got the stats and everything, but he doesn't have the wins like Burrow has. So it's going to be tough not to like top him by like at least ten, fifteen million on his on that deal. I hope even more. I hope they fucking Burrow fleeces the Bengals for every fucking dollar they got so they had to fucking get rid of the rest of their players yeah I uh, Burrow's gonna get paid heavily and like, like you said Luke Herbert doesn't have the wins like uh Joe Burrow so Herbert definitely is gonna have to start showing why he got paid I mean like Chris said when we broke down the Chargers he has all the potential in the world and he has to start winning now yeah. he has to show why he's worth it and stop blowing 27 to 0 leads in playoff games that's just a Chargers franchise. They just kind of do that. It's been yeah. the same way with Phillip Rivers. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw this news break, and there's definitely a couple things that like ran through my mind. I mean, this this news definitely isn't going to go over well in the next Zoom running back meeting for sure. <laughs> Eckler is probably not going to be here next year for the Chargers. He's probably not getting paid. And then also, I mean, like the Ravens went through a whole year of contact contract drama with Lamar to get him to be the highest paid quarterback. I mean, that lasted a total of three months. But like y'all were saying, I mean, Justin Herbert, he has the stats. I mean, his first three seasons, most yards thrown as a quarterback, first three seasons, only quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards every season, and then second most touchdowns behind Dan Marino. So he has the stats there. They found their franchise quarterback. He just needs to win those playoff games. And the big thing for him is he can cash in again. I mean, this is $52.5 million a year. At the end of this deal, he's going to be 31. So, I mean, if he's still operating at a high level at 31, this man's going to cash in another huge contract again. Yeah, he's definitely going to get a second bag if he can, like you said, keep that predict- productivity up and um, keep balling out. He needs to win playoff games, though. I think if he can start winning playoff games, he can start to sneak himself into the top QB. I mean, I know people have him top five. I don't know if he's there yet for me just because that that playoff um, – an experience, I guess you could say, but he's definitely there. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks that we've seen in the league since he's came in. Yeah, he's got the potential to fucking – I mean, the Chargers have, like, on paper, a very good team. So, they, they have all the right pieces to make a make a run, but just if they finish games. Yeah, and they're going to have to start replacing the wide receivers, too, because those guys are getting old. Keenan's getting old, and we'll see what Mike Williams is going to end up doing, too. The big thing is just health. I mean, with both the guys you just mentioned, Mark, Mike Williams, and uh, Keenan Allen, they're both – they both got to stay healthy. They, the Chargers need both of them on the field at the same time, not one guy's on and then the guy's off for three weeks. They, it's health for the Chargers right now. Yeah, and they are in a tough conference and also – I wouldn't say a tough division, but you have the best quarterback in your division. You have the best team in your division, uh, the most consistent team at least. They might not win the Super Bowl this year, but the Chiefs are definitely – one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. They've been to the AFC championship every year that Patrick Mahomes has been a starter in this league. So since 2018. So yeah, I, I say good luck to Herbert. Good luck to the chargers, but it's time to start showing why you got paid. We know Joe Burrow is going to get paid. Like, like we said, Chris, I bring him back up real quick. Do you think how much more guarantee? Cause that's, it's all about guarantees for these contracts in the NFL. It's not like basketball, baseball where it's everything's fully guaranteed. How much more guaranteed do you think he's going to get if Herbert got 218? I mean, I can I can see him pushing for 55 to 60 mil a year. So whatever the math is on that. But, Damn. I mean, Joe, Joe came out today and he said, hey, next year they're going to have all the money to sign all their offensive weapons. So is he going to play the Tom Brady route and cut down some of the money? I mean, you got to think also these guys are making – money on the side not all their money's coming from the nfl joe just signed a big contract with body armor got sponsored by them so i mean he's making money he doesn't know oh, yeah. this 55 60 million a year from the nfl so i mean hopefully joe takes the tom brady route and he's a team player that way they can keep signing these offensive weapons but we'll see if, if he does that that will definitely help the bengals like because you know that Jamar Chase is going to get paid. They're not going to probably pay all three receivers. Boyd will probably be, unfortunately, the guy that goes. But they definitely want T. Higgins. And T. Higgins is the question mark because 
not everyone knows if he's gonna if he's gonna stay or not. I think he's on his last year of his contract because he's not a first round pick, so he doesn't have that fifth year option where you can uh, keep him. You can always tag him. I guess the Bucks did that with Godwin, but Godwin was also coming back from an injury. So if he could do that, Luke, I think that would be big for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, keep, keeping those the best wide receiver trio for Burrow would definitely help him out. But I, Burrow's going to want it's probably his head his headline. He he may take a very similar deal to Herbert, just so he's not fucking getting like punked over by the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals franchise is kind of notorious for like not really taking care of their players like overall. That's why they haven't won a Super Bowl in like their history. Yeah, yeah. I, so the big, the big thing is like you said, Mark, wide receivers. I mean, it all comes down to T. Higgins. I agree. They probably don't keep Boyd, but T. Higgins is the big question mark. Like you said, T. Higgins is the wide receiver that could literally probably go on any other team and be the wide receiver one right now. And on the Bengals, he's the wide receiver too. So does oh, yeah. does it go to his head that hey, does he want to win or does he want that paycheck? So it's going to come I mean, all down to that. I think Burrow is, is in the winning game. I mean, like, you know, he's been a winner. I mean, most of his, ever, of his life. He's been yeah, a winner I mean, ever since he took that hit from UCF. And then he's never looked back. <laughs> never uh, lost can, a can game. Can win Ohio State, though. Can, can win there. I mean, he never got – he never really got the chance there, so. But, hey, you mentioned hey, Tom Brady. You mentioned Tom Brady. I want to give that man a shout-out. I want to give some love to Tom Brady. We I keep up with the juice and the gossip out there. He's been rumored to start dating Irene, Irana Shaikh, Bradley Cooper's ex-girlfriend. You know, they met at a wedding. Hey, shout out to you, Tom, man. Way to live life. Piss off Giselle. She's apparently not happy about it as it came after her birthday. So, but hey, respect to you, Tom. Love what you're doing out there in the post-NFL life. But moving on to America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. They just paid cornerback Trayvon Diggs $97 million for the next five years. I know Luke's shaking his head. Luke, did the Cowboys overpay on this corner who, yes, in the last two years has the most interceptions, but also has the most yards given up at the cornerback position? Yeah, I mean, Diggs is that all-or-nothing cornerback. Either he's going to pick it off or he's going to give up a touchdown. So I I definitely think they overpaid for him. I I don't think he's that good. I don't think quarterbacks are afraid to target him really that much because he's going to – like half the time, guess what? Most of the time, the quarterback's probably going to win that battle. So I think they overpaid him. He, he bites on the ball too much. It's He's too high of a risk player to be paid at the top tier for the cornerback uh, position for me. I definitely think that, yes, that first year that we're talking about two years ago in 2021, he had a great year with interceptions. But like like you said, he had a lot of yards. Last year, he did do a lot better with the coverage yards. He didn't get as many interceptions because he wasn't as nearly as aggressive, which was his problem. He was either – Super aggressive, which got burnt, or he picked it off. He was a lot better. Dan Quinn also helped adjust, uh, you know, more double teams that way, kind of putting a safety that way as well to help out Diggs. So Diggs didn't give up a lot of big plays. So we'll see this year what's going to be done. I know they got Gilmore, but I don't know. Man, that's a lot of money for a guy that's, like like we said, it's given a lot of yards, in, and they have to pay Parsons very soon too. So the question is, can they gonna, what are they going to do to afford Michael Parsons, who – rightfully needs to get paid now we're also going to see him at the pass rusher only position he won't be in coverage that much at all so i don't know i think they did overpay a little bit if they're trying to get like the rest of their core defense paid i i think i 
I mean, teams are now in a sticky situation where if you're one of the top tier players for your team, you're going to be looking for that contract to set the record from last year. Uh, shout out to Dallas for at least keeping it below $20 million per year. I mean, that was huge for them. I I agree exactly what y'all were saying about Diggs with their coverage. He just needs to work on that aggressiveness. But, I mean, I think it was a great, great grab for them to get one of their core defensive players locked down. Yeah, because I think what Parsons came in in 2021. So he's got he's got he's on his third year. So he's gonna be getting paid very soon. You know, a lot of these guys go into that fifth year, fourth year sometimes too, where they get paid. But wonder how much I mean, maybe this maybe this is starting to smell the end of Dak Prescott too. You know, maybe the clear money they get a different quarterback, maybe draft younger. We'll see what Dak does. But I, I just don't I don't know, man. It's a lot of money for the other Diggs brothers, Trayvon Diggs. I just – maybe this year he'll prove it. Maybe this year with Gilmore he'll go back to being a stud corner. I mean, I just don't know. Just don't know about that one at all. I mean, with Gilmore yeah. on the other side, it takes it takes pressure off because their number one isn't always going to be lining up against you. So I think it's going to take a little bit of pressure off of Diggs just having that security on the other side to not worry about it. I think we'll see improvement definitely from him this year. Oh yeah, um, it's typical. Typical Jerry Jones want to take care of good players though. That's what he likes to do. He, usually, somebody plays good for a couple seasons, he'll take care of them on the back end. That's just what he does. He did the same thing with Dak. He did the same thing with Zeke. So I'm sure Parsons is going to get his payday too. Question is, when's he going to pay Zach Martin? Because he's still hold, he he officially held out. I mean, yeah. you know. He he's still sitting out there in, in Dallas, just waiting for his money. <laughs> uh, that's I feel like that's just a different story though, because he's in the middle of. I mean, not the middle. He's towards the end of his contract, but he's in a contract right now. Where he gets I mean, twenty two million dollars next year too. Yeah, to hold out for that is just ridiculous. And I think I saw somewhere like he's going to lose a million dollars if, which is nothing to him, if he sits out all of training camp. Yeah, it's literally nothing <laughs> at all, especially the much money he's made. I think he's already had a big payday, and then he's trying to get, a, you know, a second one before, like you said, he's getting he's getting up there in age. I mean, he's still still the best guard in football. So I mean, he does deserve to get paid when it's time to get paid. That's the problem is it's not time for him yet. But shout, hey, congrats on you, Diggs. Uh, I guess if you lead the league in interceptions one year, I guess all you, have to, you can get paid after that. So, but speaking of that, we have two guys, boys. That are holding out, and I think these are holdouts that I can respectively agree with. Chris Jones from the Chiefs, he's on his last year in his contract, so that security thing is there. He needs to get paid. He was one of the Defensive Player of the Year candidates last year. He didn't win Defensive Player of the Year, but he was up there. And the other guy, probably arguably the best pass rusher in football, Nick Bosa from the Niners, who's on his last year of his rookie contract. Both Luke have sat out to start training camp. Do we soon to see both of them get paid? I know Nick Bosa is rumored to be getting paid very, very shortly. We haven't heard much about Chris Jones, though. Yeah, I, I think both these guys get paid here in the next couple of weeks. These guys are the game wreckers on defense. Like these defenses are completely different without these guys on the field. Like both of them were the what, in the defensive player of the year running. So fucking like th- these dudes are beasts, and they last year the contract. Hey, it's time for them to get paid. Lock those guys in for a few more years. And I'm pretty sure Bosa won Defense Player of the Year, and Chris Jones was number two, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. I can't remember who who actually won it. I think it was. I know I Bosa it was won Bosa. it. Yeah, Bosa won it, and I'm pretty sure Jones was number two or three. So, 
I mean, two of the top three defensive linemen in the NFL are sitting out. Respect. I mean, John Lynch already addressed it. He understands it's just a they're just trying to get the numbers down. Chris Jones, I mean, that came out of nowhere. I don't think a lot of people were really expecting that as they start training camp Sunday, the 23rd. So, Chris, are they going to be able to do this very soon? Is it going to be a distraction? What you thinking out there in Kansas City and San Francisco? I mean, uh, Nick Bosa is for sure 100% going to get paid. Chris Jones, I'm a little iffy on. I mean, he's 29, but he is coming off his career high 15.5 sacks. So, I mean, he's still going at it, being productive on that defensive line. He's already getting paid $20 million this year coming up. He, I mean, he's a key to their defense. He pressures the quarterback. I think the Chiefs right now are questioning, do they need a 30 million year Jones to win games? Do they need that? No, With, but I, I think, think, like, they, I think they need, they're going to need him on the defense, though. Their defense, I don't think their defense is that great. I think he covered up a lot of the flaws in their defense last season. So, I mean, him getting the quarterback so quickly was able was like what carried their defense. Especially from a defensive tackle standpoint. Like, it's harder for those guys to get sacks. I, I think a three-year, like, $66 million deal, or you're getting, like, 22 a year. So, it's a little higher than what you're getting now. And it still leaves the Chiefs a little, like, you know, a little flex room for money. Because Patrick Mahomes is a team-friendly deal. I don't know about Kelsey, what his contract's looking like, but they're not really paying anybody else. I mean, they have the line that they probably are paying, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I know Kelsey's talked about taking team-friendly deals too because he wants to stay in Kansas City. So I don't think he's going to break the bank on the Chiefs. No. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that much of a distraction. I, I think Nick Bosa's doing it the right way. I mean, him and John Lynch came out and already talked about it. I'm pretty sure Chris Jones is doing it the right way too. I mean, Andy Reid didn't seem too worried about it. So it's just a matter of time, and both these guys are going to get paid. I don't think Chris Jones is going to sit out, even if the contract's not there. I mean, I don't, why, I don't why sit out when you have the – Yeah. I don't think Bo, – yeah, Bosa definitely won't. Uh, Jones just kind of threw everyone out of the loop because it just came out of nowhere. It literally just shot out on Sunday when they're reporting it. Just like, man, it's like – that's what I don't get is you have all – that's the only thing I don't like is you have all this time in the offseason to get a contract. Maybe it's a lot more than we know, but man, out of nowhere, you couldn't get this done maybe like a month or two ago. I, I just don't understand that how that yeah, all works. I guess there's probably some like behind the scenes stuff that we're not seeing or hearing about. Maybe they could have been in talks for like last couple of months and never never worked out. He's like, hey, I'm not showing up. Yeah, so, probably that's what happened. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. I'm sure that I'm sure like the the uh, front office knew that he probably wouldn't be there. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on him. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they'll be getting paid probably the next couple of weeks. But Chris, someone did show up. And I know it's been a talking point between me and you as Luke was too busy to respond in the, the chat. Big cock Brock. Mr. Brock Purdy himself has been cleared of full participation for training camp. Like John Lynch said, it's his team. Is he the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, to start the season, I 100% see Brock Purdy starting when if Brock Purdy starts losing three, four games in a row, I think they're definitely going to look at Trey Lance. I'm still behind Trey Lance of getting – they they drafted him round one. They need to – he hasn't had a full season, Had hasn't really had a good stretch at all starting games. They need to see what he had – what they have – at quarterback with him, and do they need to shit in the toilet or get off the toilet with Trey Lance? Yeah, I, I think this is very, very important training camp and offseason for both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy to see who who is going to be that guy. Or it could even be Sam Darnold, prove like an NFL vet. I mean, 
never really did anything in any other teams, but he's probably got a little little more edge to him now, being on his what third team, fourth team now. But I, don't, I think I, mean, I, argue, I think Brock is going to get the. What's that? Go arguably the best team he's been on. Yeah. So, I mean, he could be that game manager for the 49ers and still play just well enough to win games. But I think I think it's Brock Purdy's position to lose right now. I, I did see somewhere that they're going to keep Brock Purdy on a pitch count for, like, him just easing back in. So that, that's the opportunity for Trey Lance to slide in and ball out in the training camp while Brock Purdy's still coming back off his injury. I know he's fully cleared now, but I think John Lynch said he's going to keep him on a pitch count for the first few weeks at least at training camp. I think that Trey Lance has a huge hill to climb. I mean, like you said, first round draft pick, they trade all that draft capital to the Dolphins. And we broke down that that trade. You know, the Dolphins definitely have won that trade with every pick they've gotten out of it. Bradley Chubb, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddle. It's, it's definitely worked out for them. But the, the, the Trey Lance has a big hill to climb. Like I said, Sam Darnold right now is listed number two on the depth chart. I know it's only the first couple days of training camp, but – he is listed number two for a reason, right, as of Kyle Shanahan's eyes. So Shanahan feels that he could be the guy that can run this this team if something happens to Brock Purdy. Like Chris, like you were saying, he didn't have, like, fantastic stats. Brock Purdy didn't, but he didn't do anything to lose the games. Um, maybe he didn't do everything to win the games. I know there's probably a couple games he did have a, a big, you know, handprint in that reason why they won, but he never was the reason. I guess you can say he's the reason why they lost the Eagles game because they didn't have a fucking quarterback. I mean – to even compete with Philly and, and Philly too. So, but he didn't do anything to actually say that he can't be the quarterback this year. Also coming into the middle of the season where he were never supposed to be the starter. Now he is the, the expected starter. He's probably got a lot more, you know, room to grow as well. Maybe less handcuffs on him that, which is going to be very, very important for Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, he did great with the five games he started and then the two playoff games. I think he only threw one interception in those games. And Hey, that's, that's hard to do at an NFL level, no matter what shitty defense you're playing against or great defense you're playing against. I mean, he, he did good. He won the games like he was supposed to. So I, like I said, I think he's going into the season being that number one starter. Yeah. Manager. Yeah, and right now, like that's what we're saying. Like the, the Niners' offensive scheme is a quarterback. Like, all you need is a quarterback that can just run some plays and not do anything to fuck up. That, that's literally the key to the Niners. You can let the run game and all these dynamic playmakers, Brian Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and, and CMC do their thing. You have one of the best offensive linemen in the game, too, with Trent Williams out there. Overall line's good and one of the best defenses, of course. So as long as you don't just screw up, I mean, you're in a good situation. So we'll see. We'll see what, how much, like Luke said, he's going to be on a pitch count. So we'll see how much he does going into training camp. Preseason's coming up very, very shortly. Let's see if he gets in game time. Uh, maybe he might not. Maybe he might sit out the whole, uh, you know, uh, preseason games, all three of them for the Niners. But, Chris, we had a big return, too. I know this one's a little near and dear in your little, your little heart out there in New Orleans. Jimmy Graham, longtime legend from the Saints, did play with the Seahawks, Bears, and Packers as well. But he's back on a one-year deal. He's going to be there with Derek Carr. Does he produce in the one year he's there, or does he not even make the team? I, it's hard to say. I mean, I saw this, and I immediately thought that it was going to be like a one-day one day contract for him to retire in a Saints uniform. Then I saw it was a year. And, it, I mean, the first thing I thought was the tight end room for the Saints is already so filled. I mean, we got Jawan Johnson that's coming off a great year. 
Taysom Hill, I mean, he speaks for himself. And then Foster Moreau that already has that connection with Derek Carr. So, I mean, he he has a big battle to try to get into that starting position. So we'll see. I mean, I would love to see Jimmy Graham out there. We drafted him. He did phenomenal. And then if, I mean, hey, if he makes the teams, the Falcons better secure those goalposts because he's dunking on that <laughs> shit. I'm pretty sure he's fucked up our goalposts so a couple times or two in his in his career. I know uh, a couple of the goalposts he uh, actually had to stop the game to fix. But, no, I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. I, I used to love watching Jimmy Graham play. Didn't didn't like watching him play when they won because he was so dynamic. He's one of the top tight ends in the, in the league when he's playing. But interesting to see. I, I mean, he's a little older. I think he's, what, 37 or so, 36? Yeah, he, so, he's up there. Yeah, he's up there in age. I we like I said he didn't play last year. He sat out a year, and uh, I, I we'll see what he's gonna do. Like, like you said, Chris, I got a text saying Graham's back with the Saints. I thought he took a coaching position, like a tight end spot or something like that, with them. And <laughs> I went to read the details. I'm like, oh shit, no, he's he's back and he's ready to go. So we're gonna see what kind of tank, what kind of fuel he's left in that tank of his. And very interested to see. I, I'm not a big fan of your wide receiver core. I mean, outside Olave and maybe Michael Thomas, he's supposed to be a full go. But maybe they'll start putting some of these tight ends at the wide receiver spot. They fucking have enough of them to do it. So, yeah, I mean, we have Rashid, Rashid out there take the top off. Yeah, and balls. But Luke, a former corner of yours, Marcus Peters, signed with the Raiders. Uh, it's a one-year deal, probably a prove-it year deal. He's thirty years old. Is this anything worth noting it for the Raiders, or does this maybe help this defense that has Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the D line? maybe have a little more experience in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to hurt the defense at all. It's going to be a proven year for him. I mean, his last season with the Ravens was kind of like up and down, like gave up a lot of big plays, made some plays here and there. I think he was banged up last season a little bit too. He was a cap casualty for the Ravens. I don't know. I know we looked at like trying to bring him back, but it, he wasn't worth the money for us, I don't think. We, we went and picked up we went a different route, picked up some different corners that were cheaper. So, I mean, Mark Peters getting older, been around the league for a little while. I, I think he'll make the defense a little bit better, but I, I don't think it's going to be a huge impact for them. I would, yeah, unfortunately. I, I mean, from the start, we knew that Marcus Peters was most likely signing with the Raiders. I mean, Oakland's where's he's, where he's from. That's his childhood team. He's always wanted to play. For, I don't know about always wanted to play, but he's wanted to play for the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are the bottom three defense so any signing on the defensive side is going to be a great signing. And the Raiders are going in it with like the Patriots defensive scheme where they're playing man to man. If there's a big wide receiver, they're getting a big corner out there. They're adjusting. So, I mean, Marcus Peters is going to have to step up. He's in probably one of the divisions with the most elite quarterbacks. Like you mentioned earlier, Mark Mahomes, Herbert, and then Wilson, which we're expecting to be better with Sean Payton's, um, the head coach, but I think he just adds a huge locker room presence, which the Raiders probably need. And he comes with a lot of playoff experience. So I think this is a yeah, huge we'll, signing for the Raiders. And we'll see what he's going to do. Unfortunately, though, I just think it's the worst team he's ever been part of. And I guess we're going to see what he, he can do to help Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and, and that secondary out completely. So keep eye on that. You know, he should be arriving to training camp very, very shortly uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. But an injury that popped up. Now let's start talking injuries, boys, because this is the time where we, like I said, we check our phones and we get updates and we're like sweating out a little bit, hoping that it's not our team that comes out with injuries. I know the Falcons had that years ago after the Super Bowl year. I think we had injuries just left and right. And um, 
this the first one we're going to talk about is from a team that's already got not that much room in the wide receiver depth chart. Kadarius Tony from the Chiefs. Second year in a row, he got surgery on his knee, I guess, to clean up some cartilage. But Andy Reid said he should be good to go very soon. He should have a quick recovery. Luke, are you worried about this Chiefs wide receiver core? I mean, like I said, I, I think this is the one weakness of the Chiefs is the wide receivers. They have a lot of gadget guys, but not a lot of dominant number ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I was already a little worried about the their wide receiver room. I mean, Mahomes just he, – he's able to elevate his wide receivers, but looking at their wide receivers, they're, they're not very good. I think – I think Tony is probably going to be their top wide receiver this season. So, I mean, having him having him healthy week one is going to be huge for them. I mean, he is that gadget player. He's a super dynamic player. So, I mean, if he's healthy and he can stay healthy, he'll probably make a huge impact for the uh, Chiefs this season. But other than that, that, there's not too many wide receivers outside fucking tight ends on the Chiefs that can, can ball out catching the ball. Yeah, I know Rice yeah. made a hell of a play out in uh, training camp. And then Justin Ross has been working with number ones too, Chris. So some things to keep an eye on with the Chiefs. You do have that rookie receiver, Rice. Justin Ross is there. You have Sky Moore still. But, yeah, Tony, they, they, they need him, I think, to be that kind of gadget guy too. Yeah, I mean, Tony was going to be one of my breakout players of the year. And they're like y'all mentioned, the Chiefs are struggling with the wide receiver core. They have these young guys that are good, but can they step up? I mean, unfortunately, Tony's had like a plagued injury career. I mean, two seasons so far, both both getting injured, only 10 games this rookie year. Then last year, two games with New York, then traded to the Chiefs, and then just missed three games with the Chiefs. I mean, he he's a game changer. Andy Reid wanted him to step up this year, and it looks like hopefully this injury doesn't linger into the season. Hopefully – they keep him out long enough to where he fully heals. I mean, like y'all said, he's a gadget player. He's a great returner. He had a great punt return in the Super Bowl, got a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they need him. Yeah, they definitely do. And for the Chiefs, I mean, they're, I mean, like I said, I'm watching that quarterback documentary, and you see, like, even Mahomes said that uh, we have trick plays, but for like a lot of teams, we need trick plays to our trick plays. And Kadir's Tony – helps with that. Like he's definitely a guy that like, I think the touchdown was kind of more of like a, like a confusion play for the Eagles. And I think this is a big year. Like I know our buddy, buddy Zach Rizlov says that, you know, draft Kadarius Tony, he's going to be a steal out there somewhere, but I mean, he's just, just getting hurt a lot. And it's just tough to see also who the number one is going to be in Kansas city, just because it's Travis Kelsey and Mahomes, but then they make it work. So, Maybe we're overreacting a little bit with this this wide receiver positions for the Chiefs because they find ways to win games, and I guess that's all that matters when you have Patrick Mahomes and number eighty seven Travis Kelsey. So we'll keep on Tony. We'll see if he's gonna be ready week one against the Detroit Lions when they open up the season. Boys, we're forty four fucking days away. Just throw that out there. We are forty four days away from the NFL season. Detroit Lions, Kansas City Chiefs. So man, I'm big. getting pumped up. Yeah, big. And speaking of a big injury, Naheem Hines out of the Buffalo Bills. They got him from the Colts last year. He was a kick returner. He also ran two kickoffs in that that game against the, uh, I believe the Patriots after the Demar Hamlin game. He's out for the year. He was the first name that fell out with a big injury. I they do have Damian Harris and James Cook, little Cook out there. Do the Buffalo Bills, Chris, make a run at Dalvin Cook, or do they settle with Damian Harris and uh, little Cook? They do have the guy from the Saints who can return kicks and punts. So. 
that's not an issue there, but for running back depth chart, do they go after Dalvin? Yeah, I mean, it was a freak accident with Hines, with a jet ski. And then Dalvin tweeted out after this was that he would love to go play with his brother. So I think this would be a great team for Cook to go to. And it would make the Bills even better than what they are right now. I mean, the big question that I have for y'all is like, should these teams like lock down these players for doing fun shit like they are? I mean, well, a lot like, of the of contracts they, say you can't do that stuff. So, but it's like these guys; these guys have to live their life. I mean, they're playing for all this money. Like, where, where, where do you balance life and the game? Because you could get you could get injured going to the fucking grocery store and falling I mean, yeah, on the you ground. Could. You know. So, so like, I know Brady. They're they're a little higher risk stuff there, though. Yeah, I I, I multiple players have had jet ski accidents. <laughs> that have injured them for a little while at this point. I remember Brady got in trouble for for uh, cliff diving. <laughs> I mean, Bill Chat reamed him out and said, "Yo, you're not fucking doing that again, buddy." Like, you know, you're you're the star quarterback of the team. I know, like some guys even have it in their contracts, they can't even go play ba- like pick up basketball. So, like, like, like Luke said, high activities. It's it's, it's all these teams frown upon that, especially for uh, the players. You're not supposed to be doing stuff like that, anyways. Unfortunately, that's that's the the consequences you get for playing in the NFL. Yeah. It's just like where do teams where do teams and owners, coaches draw the line of what these guys can do on the off season where they're not on the team right now? Or well, I believe that all activities. I think they negotiate on their contracts. So like that's something that the the agent and the player and then the owner will will have to sit down and figure that out whenever it comes to it. But Chris, like you said though, Dalvin Cook, I think if they use him right, perfect fit. I think with the weapons they have there, the only problem is Buffalo. They don't seem that they actually use running backs that much. So that's the only hesitant part is he's just going to be there for a distraction or they actually use him. And I think if they use him, put him with his brother and put him with Damian Harris and let the three of them figure it out with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I mean, I'm eager to see if Cook signs soon. I mean, all these teams are starting up training camp. And you would expect that Cook would want to be there at training camp to get the chemistry with their new team and not just show up week one and say, hey, guys, like I've studied the playbook on the flight over, you know? So it's yeah. like hope, hopefully hopefully we see some news soon about where Cook's going to go and he's just not trying to dip out of training camp and then show up week one. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of players so. like to do that. <laughs> a lot of players like to sit out of training camp anyways, but – I don't know. It, it would be cool to both see both coaches playing together on the same team. I don't know if I think what the Edmonds they they did that both the two players on one team and the, the Watts done both it. did that yeah. yeah, but same position too. It'd uh, be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool to see them both line up together on each opposite side of Josh Allen in a yeah, shotgun both form. in the backfield. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep eye on the Bills. See what they're going to do with that running back spot. Last two things we want to talk about. We're going to hammer some college football. Head coach from the Michigan Wolverines who has made the playoffs the last two seasons, Jim Harbaugh, is potentially facing a four-game suspension, Luke, as he's facing some recruiting violations from COVID. Also, didn't, did not uh, cooperate with the, the league or, the, I guess, the nation, whatever. And he's going to face four-game suspension. But, hey, Michigan lucked out. They played four cupcake games to start off the season. So, Fuck it. He's like, just suspend me and get it over with, right? Yeah, not not a big deal. 
for uh, Michigan at all. I, I don't see any major effects coming out of this anyways. So uh, all, all these coaches are having recruitment violations. They're just not getting caught. He just had to get caught for fucking the COVID year. Like, I mean, some fucking, uh, it's a player didn't get enough money in his little fucking, like, his little sandwich bag. There, there, decided to ride him out. There, there has to be, there has to be more to it than him getting caught because teams are getting caught. You see, Tennessee. I think he lied. I think he lied about it. Was yeah, he, he yeah, he lied about it after the fact or something like that. Then maybe I just I think there's more to it than that. I mean, Tennessee's getting hit all hard. LSU got hit for it with Coach O during COVID. I mean, I think Michigan's pushing hard for at least a four-game suspension. Like you said, Mark, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. Like, you don't need him there for these games. Like, a coach, a student coach could coach these games, and Michigan can win. I don't think it's a big L for them. And I think with all these with all these recruiting violations, I think the NCAA needs to – Put the foot down. Make maybe yep. make a show off of Harbaugh. Maybe suspend him. Maybe not. I mean, maybe a year. Who knows? And I would say that if it was any coach other than Michigan, like if it was any other coach, you know. Uh, I I don't think they do that just because I don't think they want to lose him. I, the potential of losing Harbaugh in the NCAA is probably not too far off if he doesn't win a championship here in the next year or so. I mean, every single season they talk about him moving to the NFL to coach. So I don't think they want to do too much for him to like, Hey, fuck it. I'm done with college and leave. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's he, he's a big, big, big name in the coaching coaching game for college football. So, well, he was rumored to go to the Colts this year and I, he turned that yeah. down. So his rumor uh, and, and the, the Raiders before. too. Yeah. The Raiders, yeah. they hired McDaniels, but Luke, you know, you're not seeing those big 12 schools, UCF and Texas doing this shit. So maybe these other no. schools just need to like, look at us and be like, Hey, this is the model. When it comes to actually recruiting legally in the correct way, <laughs> you know we're not cheating out here. Probably why you don't yeah. win championships, but uh, yeah, it's okay. We don't cheat. We don't have to cheat, I guess, to to win. I mean, we like to try and be clean, clean image, you know. But uh, Texas and Florida schools, they know how to do it. So, um, not all but, Florida schools. Yeah, not all Florida schools. It's been a while <laughs> for some of those Florida schools. Not, I mean, UCF is the most recent Natty champs in that state. So, yeah, they are, but. Uh, moving on though, week one day was announced. They chose their location for college game day, and they're going to the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Duke's Mayo Classic, North Carolina and South Carolina. And boys, I just think that this week one of college football, I'm excited for fo- for college to get back. Don't get me wrong, I'm gonna watch week one, but it's such a shitload games on Saturday, like just crap games. Uh, there's some better ones on Sunday with your team, Chris LSU and Florida State. You know, rematch of last year's game that was in New Orleans. I think I'd rather watch Utah, Florida on Thursday night. There's just these games week one just completely suck. Yeah, Mark, I I know you hate it, but I think game day should have went Colorado and TCU. I mean, seeing primetime coaches first college game, it's, it's going to be huge. Everyone's going to be tuning into that game regardless if it was game oh. day or not. I I think – I think week one, week one sucks, but it's also teams. These are like the power puff teams that teams are warming up to like college. You don't have your preseason games, so you don't have games to like slowly get into it. And this is like their time for these players to go 110% hitting somebody that's not on their team. (laughs) So like week one is always week one's always usually a shitty week. 
with these small games. So I wasn't expecting yeah. much. Yeah, I forgot that uh, the Colorado already has big noon kickoff the first two weeks, anyways. So that could could have been a reason why they decided not to take College Game Day to uh, TCU for their first game. They, they've true. already they they selected what a month or two ago for big noon kickoff. Yep, or maybe three months ago at this point. I don't know. But Probably they, on prime they, sign. Yeah, yeah. contract. Yeah, Colorado's got the first two weeks of the year. Yeah, it's just it, it's a shame. I mean, so I guess big uh, big noon will have a good, I guess a good time with their ratings. I just think that normally you get your three to five good games Saturday. Normally, I like like you said, Chris, it is a lot of times for like these teams to get it warmed up, but you still get normally your three to five good games. And it seems like week two. I know we're not that high on week two, but at least week two has some good games that they're making up for week one, unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, all our teams play. I mean, besides you, Chris, me and Luke's team doesn't. We don't play anyone really impressive, but. Yes, you guys get Sunday night on Labor, you know, the day before Labor Day, and Orlando at Camping World Stadium against the the old Florida State Seminoles. So, uh, yeah, Is it's it going to be revenge game for LSU. Uh, it's going to be a revenge game. <laughs> yeah, you guys ran it last year. You guys special. They yeah, actually they lost special it. teams this year. They lost it last year. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> maybe a missed field goal or a missed extra maybe, point. <laughs> maybe the team yeah. that travels the most will win it the series. So maybe you guys will split this little one and one you guys got. I'm I'll, I'll pulling for you. I don't want to see Florida State win. I want to see LSU come in there Fuck in Orlando and take it. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> Fuck all the Florida teams, honestly. That's how I feel. For real. Be completely honest with you. <laughs> Fuck all the except Texas for teams, FAU. You know? Yeah, FAU and FIU. I'm okay with. Got it. Don't have an issue with them. To be honest, I wouldn't mind if Miami. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if Miami was good. Honestly, they don't bother no, me. Fuck, just, no, no, fuck Miami they, fans. They're they're players on the sideline with like their turnover chain. No, 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 no. Yeah, but see, that opened the door for a lot of teams to do that, and I I think it is pretty cool. Like teams to get creative with that stuff. But they got rid of the turnover chain with the new head coach. Oh yeah, but other teams like and other sports have started doing that, and it's pretty cool to see. Like someone wore hats too. Uh, but I just don't like the Florida State and like Florida fans because so we grew up with them. So all you do is you see them on fucking Facebook and they're just going back. It's fun reading it, but it's so fucking annoying because everyone's like, "Oh, Florida's back, Florida State's back, we got all like blah blah." It's like, dude, Florida State finally had a good year. I give it to you, but Florida, you guys fucking suck. And everyone's like, "We're gonna be back next year." Well, I don't think so. When Florida and FSU Florida's play, no quarterback. When Florida and FSU play, that's probably the best four hours of Facebook in my. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm year. like scroll. Yeah, I'm like refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> I want to see. That shit's the best. Yes, rivalry week and for us is fun just to watch because I know we'll we'll talk about. It. Hey guys, did you see what so and so? They're going at it on Facebook, and we're like, all right, let's go, yeah. let's go. I don't even comment. I don't comment or nothing. I just read it. Just I'm like, oh, I'm 50, 55. Com- I'm like, 55 comments. Well, all right, time to read. I'm like, I'm just that's my readings here for the day. But yeah, I'm a peeping Tom out there. College, we are going to get very, very shortly. I know there's zero weeks, so that will come faster than the NFL season. But boys, training camp's here, so wear a sweatsuit because I well, Luke, you you'll be out in the field, so you won't be able to know what's going yeah. on, but. We'll keep an eye on, you know, we'll pray for the Ravens every single day that nothing happens. Lamar got paid, so he won't – yeah, Lamar got paid, so he won't get hurt no more. Yeah, hopefully the new the training staff speed. can get it. He was the highest paid quarterback staff. for three months. Hopefully the new training staff can get him figured out, keep the injuries down low. I mean, so. Yeah, it's just a yeah. scary time. <laughs> I Just a scary time in yeah. the NFL, yeah. honestly. So, my, hey, but, Might as well just bench all the players. Well, the problem is, well, the problem, 
Well, the problem with that is if you roll them out into straight the season, you're just going to have a lot more injuries if you just go zero to 100. So you unfortunately have to do training camp and you unfortunately have to do some preseason just to get that that game flow going. You don't want, like I said, zero to 100, you're going to have a lot more leg injuries with a lot of these teams. And you might as well just be watching the XFL and the USFL at that point. That's all it would be yeah. with Louis be backups. Wow. Excited to see the hard knocks of the, the Jets coming out here soon. Well, I've seen two videos of two different fights already at Jets training oh, yeah. camp. And I've seen some crazy plays that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been throwing some, throwing some nice balls out there. Uh, what, Wilson makes some good catches. Yeah, that one so, in the end zone. That one in the end zone yeah, was filthy. Wild. So, so. The, the Jets hard knocks might, might look pretty good. It might be good. It might be good. It might be. We'll keep on. I think they premiere August eighth. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll keep on that, and we'll hopefully have nothing big to talk about Thursday, so we can roll into a mock draft. I know we kind of got away from that. Um, just too much news came out over the weekend and today as well. Uh, it just seemed like everyone's getting paid every like fucking twenty minutes. It's like, oh, this guy got paid. That guy got paid. So hopefully nothing like that happens, and we can roll into a mock get ready for some fantasy football. But boys, I'm excited. Uh, one last episode on Thursday or Friday, whichever day we record with the three of us for a little while without Luke. So, But that is Luke Rule. That is Chris Kameinhart. I'm Mark Davis, and this is All About the Balls podcast. We are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.